Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.45, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. So I shared with some of y'all last week at the outdoor service that the last few weeks I have been thinking a lot about that transition space and what you do in that space and how you say goodbye to folks. You know, when I came, you may or may not remember this, but I was 12 weeks pregnant with my third child with a gap of about 10 years between my children. And I was the first female pastor here at Trinity. And I was not but a little scared, you know, a little nervous about what what that meant and how to come into this place. And I didn't know y'all and you didn't know me. I know through the years I've gotten a lot funnier and that has been super helpful, but I think it's because you know me and I know you and relationships have a way of doing that. And um, so in that first Sunday, we actually over in the refuge service did a little Bon Jovi song. And so later today, over in the refuge, we're going to do a little Bon Jovi song there. And it's called Living on a Prayer. Some of you know that song. Anybody want to sing it? See, I didn't think so. So we're going to wait and we're going to sing it over there. But the concept is a really good one. It's that idea that all of us need prayer. And so Jesus, right before he goes forward to his death, he has this time with his disciples. And one of the last things that he does with his disciples is he prays for them. And if you look in the 17th chapter of John, there is this long and beautiful prayer. And so I thought maybe today we could just talk a little bit about prayer. So how old were you when you first learned to pray? Who taught you how to pray? What did your prayer sound like? Maybe some of you were little. It may have been that you came to faith later and you learned to pray as an adult. I remember I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. A little known fact about me, my next door neighbor used to take me to church. And my next door neighbor's little boy was bad, like so, so bad, got in trouble all the time. And I I think that God sent me to him to kind of level him out a little bit. He helped me to relax a little, and I helped him to try to behave a little bit. But there was really no uh, helping some people. And so, One day we were in church and we were all of about five years old and he was just really acting a fool. Uh, He was talking and rattling papers and his mama who was in the choir gave him the look. Y'all know the Southern mother's look, right? And that should immediately just make your body sit up straight when you see the look. But he was ignoring the look on this particular day. And so I kind of elbow him because I've already straightened up because I was terrified of Miss Pat. And uh, she was looking at us and I told him, I was like, hey, your mama's looking. I don't care. She can look. Said it just loud enough that his mother heard it from the choir loft. And I guess his father was also familiar with the look because the next thing you know, he has 
my, my friend, tucked up under his arm, and out the door they're going. And my friend is screaming down the aisle the whole time, y'all say a prayer for me, say a prayer for me, because nothing good was going to happen. And as he screams that, his mother gets down, and they, he was fine. He, he made it. He came back to church the next week. Um, but So that was kind of that introduction to prayer. Sometimes we pray when we're scared. Sometimes we pray when we are worried or anxious. Sometimes when we're happy, just out of a space of gratitude, there's all kinds of reasons that we pray. My first prayer that I learned, I bet some of you learned it as well. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That is a terrible prayer to teach a child, really. I mean, if I should die before I wake, it's really not the thought you want, right, before you go to bed. But I didn't think about it as a kid, and it comforted me. And my grandmother taught me that prayer, and it's just still embedded deep in my brain. And I think sometimes that's really where we stop. We learn these basic prayers in childhood, and then we never really grow much in our prayer life beyond that And I don't really know why that is, but prayer seems to be one of those things for people of faith that is very intimidating at times. Now, if I have taught you nothing else in my time here, I hope I have taught you this. Remember, what do I say? If someone asks you to pray and you look down at your feet, it doesn't make you invisible. Remember that. They can still see you, and they can still call on you to prayer, but when, when people are going to do that, a lot of us just freeze up, and we actually begin instinctively praying, please, God, don't let them say my name. Please, God, don't let them say my name. I think maybe we're afraid that we'll say the wrong thing or that we will embarrass ourselves. You know what? If you're going to embarrass yourself for anything, embarrass yourself for Jesus. I mean, really. Because the only way that you get better at praying is how? It's by praying. And this is what I always tell our confirmands, is that we have to learn to be bold and confident in our prayer life because it matters. There is a great deal of power in prayer. Jesus taught us this. If you read the Gospels, you will see his whole life is an example of what it means to be in constant conversation and prayer with God. He prayed before he selected his disciples. He prayed often before he would go up uh, and heal a crowd. He prayed afterwards. He prayed before he died. He prayed over his disciples. He prayed alone in the garden. He prayed with people. It was like breath for him. And if we are to be followers of Christ, then this is our example. It should be like breath for us. And the only way that we get better at it is to just keep praying. I think that the deceiver would like us to shrink away from it. Even if that deceiver is within our own spirit that intimidates us because of how powerful it is. Have you ever in a moment needed someone to pray for you and had someone who really had confidence in it and did it? I know in the last few years, I've had moments like that where I've just hit a wall and I really didn't know how to get back up. And um, in those moments, 
every time without fail, someone has come alongside and has said, can I pray for you? And now my instinct is like, no, 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 I'm the one that's supposed to pray over you. But in those moments, I really couldn't argue because I needed it so badly. And they just would lay a hand and they would pray. And y'all, it was just, well, I don't even know what they said. It just was what was needed in the moment to get back up. And maybe, I hope you've experienced that. I hope you have people in your life like that who when you hit that wall will stand over you and will hold you metaphorically in their arms and pray over you. And really what I want for you is to be those people too. I want this to be a community that is known for its deep and rich prayer life that understands the power and the importance of prayer. And so Jesus' last night went something like this. He could see that his folks are distressed. They're a little concerned about all the things that he's been teaching them. And so they have a meal together and he washes their feet and he teaches them some different things. And then he prays for them. And this prayer, if you read it in chapter 17, is a very complex prayer. It's called the high priestly prayer because it's not only intense, but it's kind of dense. And so you really have to unpack it. So I didn't want to read. I know you're in masks and you're rebreathing your air constantly. Um, So I didn't want to read it to you, the whole thing. But at the heart of it, really, you see Jesus's heart and his love for his disciples. And this is what he says. He says, I ask all these things not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word. And so if you, if you hear that, he's praying not just for the disciples, but he's also praying for all of us. And so I invite you to go back and read that prayer that he prayed for you because we are, we are the beneficiaries of a long line of people who have come before us and taught us the ways of faith who have prayed with us, who have helped us get to this place. And we're part of that line as well. And it goes all the way back to the original disciples. And this is what he prayed for, that they may be one, that we may be one with each other, that we may be one with Jesus, with the Father, one within ourselves, and that being one, we might have peace. And so as a last thought here, you know, this last year and a half here in this church has been very, very hard. It has been um, a growing space. That would be the way of reframing that. But it's been challenging because we haven't always been one. We have allowed ourselves at times to become very divided over a lot of different things. And because of that division, we have experienced the pain that comes when we are not one. And so this is part of his plea for unity because it's in that unity that we find peace. I know, too, in these last few months, we've been working on doing some different things to heal that. And I see great signs of hope. I am encouraged by that. I don't leave this place discouraged. It's been really interesting to me because when folks find out I'm leaving, a lot of them say, oh, I bet you're going to be glad to get out of here. And the truth is, no. I mean, I am excited 
to go and to be a senior pastor. Those that know me well know I, yeah, I have a hard time with people telling me what to do. It, I've had to bite my tongue quite a bit because I really by nature like to be in charge. And so being an associate has at times been incredibly challenging. And so I am excited for that. But I'm not excited to leave, you know, because even though there is pain and there is sadness, there is also so much here that I love and that is a great gift to me and a gift to my spirit. And so when I think of Trinity, though the challenges are part of it, most of it is something very different. And so I thought about Daryl's first sermon when he came here, he talked about memory. See, I listen to you sometimes. He talked about memory and how important it was to remember. And then last night, Doug DeGraffin Reed at the confirmation piece talked about how being part of this church is also telling our story. And that's how we witness as we tell our story of faith. And so I wanted to close our time together as a way of prayer and as a gift of love by sharing my story through the pictures that I have taken for the last six years here. Now, a word about that. I take a lot of photos, and so uh, originally this was the world's longest slideshow, and I, I know our time is short, and so I've cut it in about half, uh, which is still decent. There are far more of you than there are photos. And so if you're not in it, it doesn't mean that you're not part of that story. Uh, but I hope that uh, I hope that it's meaningful to you. So I'm going to stop talking and let you see. And so as this keeps playing, this is what I see. This is what's in my heart when I think of this church. I think of children being confirmed and people being baptized. And I think of ashes being administered to the community in the middle of downtown. And I, I think of teaching people to run. And I think of going to football games here in this great town. And I think of the lights over in the park and of people joining the church. So much life so much potential, so much love. And so it is my prayer for you that you remember those cords that bind you, those common threads, and you grab hold of them again, that you allow God to lead you into an incredible future that he has for you. And that you not get caught up in the fray of what you are not or what you don't agree about and you remember instead what you do. Most of all, that you remember that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. And he summed it all up in two things. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And he said, love, love one another as I have loved you. If you do these things, then you honor him and you honor the purpose that we created this church for to begin with. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you for this church. Thank you for her ministry. God, forgive her for the times in which she has strayed from that path 
And thank you, God, for letting us celebrate the times that this church has gotten it right. May it continue on into the future, being your hands and feet. Be with Doug and with Chris as they come to lead her. May this church love them well. And may they work together as one. May they be one in you. One together. And may they know peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.